One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Finally, we start a podcast where the audio level on the iPad is at a decent level, so it doesn't go really loud, and then I've got to turn it down really quickly. Flavor! Flavor! This is episode 1-1, one, one. you told me about 10 seconds ago, 9. Inside the ride. Inside number 119. Yes. We're inside the eye of the storm. I'm Reece Shearsmith, and that's Steve Pemberton. <clears throat> Steve Pemberton, you don't hear that name very often. I'll tell you what name you don't hear very often. Um, Warren. Swella Braverman. I was going to say who Warren, is, uh, just the is, name Warren. You don't hear that very often. Well, she's out of there. She's uh, she just resigned from the uh, for being Minister of Exit of the European Union. Well done, Pete. And thus instantly dating the time of recording on this show, doesn't which matter. isn't coming out for a good while. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's fine. Can I have a um, piece of paper con- off the back of your stack there? This so content is tameless. Time- uh, well, <laughs> pointless. Well, you can have it off the bottom. I need to write the synopsis. What? Oh. What is that? Well, I, can't I can't use that. Well, can I've, I? Get, I've got just about enough papers. Right, to do sort it. out do the it admin. Tap, do it on your tap tap. I'll tap tap away. Do it on your tap. Um, good idea. I'll do that instead. Right. Uh, welcome to the Luke and Pete show. That is Pete Donaldson. Uh, I am Luke Moore. That's mm. that little domestic we've had. There is a sign of things to come. Probably regular listeners will know. Um, there are the there, well, there is the occasional sort of fiercely contested <clears throat> debate between us, mm. but we try and keep things cordial, don't we, for uh, the listeners, for the younguns? An, I'm just annoyed that I've t- torn like that bit of paper to give you that piece of paper. And now I've just torn it for nothing. Do you know what I'm going to bloody do? Could you, could you use it for something? You're going to fill, and I'm going to literally go to that cabinet there and get some paper. So carry on <sighs> talking. Right. Why don't we have a stock of paper in the room? Because this is very much a podcast studio, and podcasts, by their very nature. Could go anywhere, and people need to write write synopses. People need to write uh, what's going on in the show, so that later on they can uh, plug it on social media. A title for the show, for example. Um, we should know this. And what have you brought? One, sheet two of pieces paper, of paper, two pieces which of paper. is exactly what I need. Yeah, but you could have brought the whole ream. People think that the Tim Ream things can only get is better. That Tim, is, he, is he the singer out of? Um... No, he plays for Fulham. All right. D-Ream is the song. Um, good. Well, that's all, that's all done. I've done my admin on the show for the first time ever. Probably not the last time. And Pete, you'll never do that because you don't, famously, you don't do any admin. Printed out so up yours. Recently on the... Printed them out. Yeah. Granddad. Recently on the Luke and Pete show, a cat's anal glands, mm. a dog needing lube, stretchers made into fences, Pete and the Japanese embassy, a successful Wikipedia edit, and trying to con the tooth fairy out of money. Yeah, there you go. That's what we've been doing. Not too shoddy. We uh, got through a lot last show. I like to do a um, I like to do a sort of semi regular update of what people have 
have listened to before or mm. what we've done before. So new people who stumble across this show know the type of show it is. Does that sum up what the type of show it is? Well, listen, if you can get a mention for a cat's anal glands inside the first three minutes, I mean, I saw this on a, on a, on a podcast presentation by the guys at Acast. Right, well. Get a cat's anal gland mention yeah. in there. The listeners are going to stick around. <laughs> the sponsors aren't. I've noticed Beer 52's brought some beers. Oh, I, I don't care whether we're still sponsored by them or not. They've brought us some beers and that's well done to them. Good for them, I say. We, don't, we never drink in the office. Does anybody else? Where do they all go? <laughs> Where do all of can them... I, can I just break that down? I love the, the, I love the, the, the late doors panic in your voice there because you went, we never drink in the office, but then your brain went, oh, maybe they drink without me. Does anyone else drink in the office? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just worried that Jim might be sleeping here. It could be. From the football ramble. He's obviously. had a plumbing-related emergency this week, so it's possible. Oh, is that why he's in early? Yeah, it is. It genuinely is. <laughs> really? Yeah. Why? Because the plumber's banging around the house? He lives above a, above a fish and chip shop. Oh. And something to do with the pipes. and, and Chip p- pipe. P- potentially, yeah. The chip pipe where... Um, not many people know this, actually. Mm. And I'm a fish and chip expert, as you know, Pete. Mm. I go there all the time. And the way that chips actually are delivered is from central government via yeah. a, a sort of quite... From the EU chip mountain? Yeah, complicated. Yeah, it is actually the EU chip man. Complicated Do- series of pipes, and they deliver them mm. through a pipe mm. into the fryer. Each, and, um, e- and it's like one each, got blocked. It's um, you know those old school shops that deliver money in those little balls, and then they get sucked up into a tube. My mum used to be in charge of that at Safeway supermarket. Ah, yeah, I'd know it well, like that, but um, just a single chip. chip. Yeah, <laughs> single chip so every time. So the, the chip pipe got blocked. Right, everyone got covered in chips. <laughs> <laughs> it's just nice my, to know why my, Jim, my idea of a holiday that. that's my idea of a holiday um, yeah so th- that's, what's, that's why Jim's here that's why um, that's why that's happening mm. uh, what's new with you mate uh, what is new with me literally nothing I don't think I've really done anything I've just been recording podcasts this week I've done a Wrestle Me I guess I've done one called Desert Island Dicks oh yeah how was that it was alright did got, I get a mention got, got a few things off my uh, chest did I get a mention no you didn't unfortunately no. is, that, is that produced by James who, you said, who works at Absolute who's produced us before um, is he called James uh, yes James Deacon yeah. yes. oh yes he has hasn't he yes, yeah. he has produced us yeah. before alright great yeah, there we go um, I went to go and see Teenage Fan Club oh yes I saw the ticket yesterday classic. lovely classic what a band Lo- what Come a on. band been together this, this is what I love about the Teenage Fan Club right? Oh. If, you, if you allow me you'll indulge me there's no mucking around. They, were, they joined, they, 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 they formed in 1989. Now, mm. a couple of moved, you know, some, sometimes Gerard Love's left and come back and they've done little side projects, but ultimately they're still together. Mm. I don't think Gerard's joining them for the final leg of their tour. But anyway, ultimately they're still together. Been together almost 30 years, mm. right? There's none of this, um, oh, I wonder what they're going to do for their second or third album. It might be difficult. No, no. Everyone in the band, all the three songwriters, get four songs each. Mm. Each album is roughly 12 songs. They each contribute four songs. Nice. They always do it. Um, when you see them live, um, the guy who's written the song does the lead vocals, <laughs> and, they, and they swap around to do the backing vocals and stuff. Uh, and uh, and everyone has a lovely time. It's melodic. It's jingle jangle. It's West Coast influ- pop influence. It's Birds influence. It's Beach Boys influence. It's Big Star influence. What is, um, and it's magnificent melodies. What is their biggest hit? Um, probably the concept, maybe. What's she wears denim wherever she goes. Says she's gonna buy some records by the status quo. Oh yeah, or Sparky's dream. Sparky's dream. Now that rings. She lived in space, man. Then I build a plane. Oh right, okay. That. 
Who Classic. Did, who did Where I Find My Heaven? Where I Find My Heaven. That's the Jim Blossoms, isn't it? Oh, yes, it is. Although you've made no. it sound similar. <laughs> In my head, it is. Yeah, you've really made it sound similar. similar. You've made it sound like it's by Teenage Fan Club, but it's Were not. You, um, so was there everybody Was everybody there kind of the same age as you? Yes. Kind of like everyone. Or older. <laughs> was everyone respecting the, uh, the, the craft? What happens at gigs now, because when people can't smoke, what tends to happen because of that? Um, they drink more? The whole place smells of farts. Oh, yes. Well, that's the thing, though, isn't it? You can't smoke inside. Teenage we... Fart Club, I was calling it, to my wife. Stink. Oh, no. She you was did call... not bring me, did She you? was calling it Armpit Fan Club, because that's all she could see. She's... <laughs> no, she likes them. She's she, tiny. She, she She's bum level for most of the men. I, I normally get seated tickets mm. when I go to a gig with Mimi because she's sh- smaller. Uh, shorter, and uh, I wasn't able to this time. But she had a good time anyway. It's fine. Where, like, put like a back, you know, those little um, backpacks you put, give babies. But wearing a back, yeah, I could do that. Wear a, yeah. wear on a backpack. On my backpack, yeah, I could do that. <laughs> you can look over your shoulder. Anyway, it was a lovely time. And those, I mean, many people out there listening will know fully well uh, how good Teenage Fan Club are. But if you don't and you like pop music, good pop music, check them out. Are you recommending bands from the 90s? Well, it's formed in 1989, so technically the 80s. <laughs> but their best work was in the 90s, absolutely. A 90s uh, band that are actually good, Teenage Fan Club. God love them. Do you play them on Absolute? Um, no, Joke. not as much. I think we play them on the on the indie disco, maybe. You don't play them on Absolute Radio 90s? I can't recall, to Joke! Can't recall. Literally one of the most seminal bands of the 90s. I had to get special dispensation for playing My Chemical Romances, I'm Not Okay, I promise, last night. Right. So it was in my head. I was like, oh, why do we never play that? Mm. I'm not okay. I remember it, yeah. Good um, song. Good, I, great video as well. I recently um, read a book called Herding Cats. Mm. It's not about cats, Pete, before you switch off. Right. Um, there's apparently, uh, I'm not a cricket expert by any means, as everyone knows, but there's a apparently quite a famous, well-respected and very, very good book by a guy called Mike Brearley, who used mm. to captain the England cricket team. Uh, it's, I think it's called The Art of Captaincy. Obviously, it's about the professional game and being a captain in cricket is really important, mm. as you know. Um, this guy um, wrote a book called, he's called Charlie Campbell, I forget. I think he's called Charlie Campbell. Wrote a book called Herding Cats about captaining a Sunday league cricket team. Mm. But he wrote it in the style of Mike Brewer's The Art of Captaincy. But right. it deals with all the things you need to deal with um, as a amateur pub league cricketer, cricket <laughs> captain. It's brilliant. Like Some parts of it, like a couple of the slip fielders have, have been up um, popping like pills the night before <laughs> how to deal with them. It, it, it tackles stuff like how to, um, how to handle your worst player who also owns a car <laughs> and, and therefore is very important. What to do when you win the toss, deciding when to bat or bowl, but half your team haven't arrived yet. <laughs> so really, you have to bat. <laughs> the, um, that, 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 that's right. Um, like it's hard enough sort of sorting out an eleven-a-side football team because I've got mates who oh, exactly. play like cricket, like amateur, like cricket. I think cricket's and, much harder. And to occasionally, sort out. you'll get an email going, "Can anyone play cricket?" Mm. And like you sort of go, "I mean, I'll field or something. Mm. Like I'll help you out, but I mean, if I've got to do anything like ball or hit a ball, yeah, it'll be a nightmare. It'll yeah. be a joke. I'll, yeah. I'll make you look like a fool. I don't know. I own any of the equipment. Yeah, what do I do? And there's a lot of equipment involved. <laughs> It happened exactly to my mate. You know Jimmy the Fruitarian? Yeah. It happened to, he's, a, he's a naturally hilarious man anyway, but he, he um, I'm not going to turn this into Art My Makes Funny, but this is relevant and, and quite funny. He was, he was drafted in as like pleaded to play 
um, by the by the captain of this cricket team, mm. this casual cricket team. It might have even been a work team. They needed someone desperately. And, he was mm. like, and the guy was literally saying to him, I know you don't know anything about cricket. I know you can't play it, but you are an able-bodied human <laughs> being. You have to play. You have to play. And it was like his manager or something, so he agreed. Yeah. And he said, um, first of all, the first thing they did was put him out on the boundary to field, obviously. Mm. Yeah. Ball came to him. And it took him three throws to get it back to the middle. <laughs> he was literally throwing the ball. As hard right? as he could. Yeah, and run after it and pick it up again and throw it again. <laughs> and the second thing that happened to him, um, obviously, because it, it's typical, I think their batting lineup collapsed. And he was batting at number 11, but had to bat, <laughs> right? They gave him all the gear. He played a shot. Uh, I don't know at how. At least he hit. He hit the ball. Yeah, but it gets better than this. He hit the ball and the, the guy up the other end called for a run. He had so many pads on that he couldn't <laughs> run and he just got easily run out. Oh, no. <laughs> the helmet like fell down his face. His glasses all steamed up. <laughs> just play with a tennis ball. Stop dicking about. He also um, lasted a legendarily short amount of time at paintball mm. because as soon as he left the, the, um, the, the safe area... Mm. <laughs> His glasses yeah, steamed up. Same, same here. Yeah. I remember. He ran full pelt into a tank and knocked himself out. Nice. Clean out. Nice. That's the kind of guy you're dealing with. I, I did that uh, in paintball in Prague. Similar sort of thing. The, the, the glasses start steaming up and then once they go, you can't really say anything. Why have you not popped the contacts in? Because um, I don't like really putting them in during, during the day. They're night They're things. For party They're time. for party time. So um, when you've got your contact, if, if I see you and I know you've got your contacts in, it generally means you're out for a good time, not a no, long time. No, no, um, no. I think glasses I'll I'll usually wear on nights out as well. To be honest, it's, uh, it depends. Sixty-two. It depends. Right, okay. To be honest, uh, but uh, I I was stood on a. I thought no one's going to find me if I if I climb on top of this big speaker stack. Um, well, everyone's going to see you up there, aren't they? No. How high was it? It was like higher than the door. So no one's going to go, no one's going to look up that high. No, no, true. And so I was like sort of camping. I suppose you'd call it camping. And um, and then I got bored because nobody could find me and I jumped off and really, really spread my ankle. Oh, yeah, awful. Rather badly. And and the worst thing was at that moment, as I spread my ankle, I was on the floor, the top of <laughs> the paint gun popped off. Oh, it's terrible. And the ball just rolled on the yeah. floor really pathetically. Why do you see people in shopping centres trying to sell paintball experiences? It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Why that? It's the last time, it's... The only time I ever think about going paintballing is when I'm absolutely pissed. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. It's yeah. the only time you ever sort of think, oh, that something that might be fun. Getting up at like 10 in the morning to go to either a field or an old I mean, bunker. 10 is quite late. I mean, I get up at 8 every day. Yeah, te- good for you. Yeah. I work till 1. Um, uh, and you work. Work. And, uh, <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, like I, it's just not something you sort of think about doing. It's what? not fun. Quasar laser, easy to pick up, easy to put down. And it's got technology. That's and it's what got you're technology in it. Well, but I can't, I can't fathom the yield rate of someone working as a salesman in a shopping centre. Mm. There used to be one in Hammersmith Broadway, mm. which is basically... I mean, you think we're going to work? Yeah, it's it? Hammersmith, yeah. right? So lunch, you have people on a lunch break, people going to or from work. One of the busiest train stations, yeah. like tube stations in they, London. The hit rate must be infinitesimal. <laughs> infinitesimal. It, it must be so low that there's no point in them being there. Mm. Do you reckon they get paid? Well, they, 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 they must get something out of it. Commission. It must work. But if it's commission, you ain't getting shit. Yeah. Well, I, I, I don't know. Maybe there's a lot of like proper lads who really love, love paintball. Commission. There are sort of competitive men who love that sort of shit, to be fair. Yeah. Oh, there were some really serious people there when I first went there. Mm. Um, the, the commission rate would be like us getting paid per listener to this show. 
absolutely fuck all. It's the same. It's the same sort of people who are really into um, selling gym memberships. Cancel uh, one of my gym memberships. I actually got two gyms: uh, one twenty-four hour, one non-twenty-four hour. And I never went to the twenty-four hour one because I thought I thought I'll go at like one o'clock in the morning. I never went. Is that the one on Brewer morning. Street? There's one on um, Kingley Street. Oh yeah. Okay, Fitness right. first cancelled it after a year. How much did you pay I for that? I think I went once. Okay, and how much did you pay for it's it? Not total. Not important. That's probably. Cost, I don't. That, want, I don't want to think about how that much one it visit is probably cost you twelve hundred quid, if not more. That if is unreal. More. Incredible. How the other half live? Eh? I know, right? Okay. Two gym memberships. Well, Pete, before we came on air, you um, said to me you made a point of saying this to me. You don't say it that often. You said we've got some really good emails this week. Mm, um, yeah. So what we should do is take a quick break, and then we'll come back, and you can read one of them. All right then. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The championship season is over, and what a season it was. But the best is yet to come. It's the playoffs. Who will make it to the Premier League? And who will be left heartbroken at Wembley? Stay across it all with the second tier. We're bringing you episodes after every leg. And in between, we're revisiting the greatest moments in playoff history. It's real conversation with two real championship obsessives. So you can be in the know about everything happening in the playoffs. And share all your new knowledge in the pub with your mates. So come join us. We're your one-stop shop for the playoffs. Search second tier in your podcast app. And hit subscribe. The problem appears to be that we haven't got our photo ID to try and travel to Scotland, which, as far as I can remember, was in the British Isles. Uh, What can we do? We're utterly hamstrung by these thick-headed people wearing orange suits. The irony being that his accent is actually quite thick-headed. So yeah, he's he quite, sounds it's like nice but dim. It's impenetrable. He reminds me of that Harry Enfield character. By the way, speaking of that, I watched mm. um, Kevin and Perry go large the other day. <laughs> Why did you do that? It was that? just on telly. How have you got so much time? I was just on TV. You know, I was just... reading a book or watching a film or watching a documentary. I just Do you oh. not play Hitman 2? One, one, <laughs> do you one, not play Red Dead Redemption? One finds the time. <laughs> one makes the time for one's cultural pursuits. I get up at eight in the morning. <laughs> I don't do eight in the morning. I'll tell you that. I'm frantically prepping for whatever podcast I'm doing that day, eight in the morning. 
<laughs> and looking over spelling mistakes in running orders. Um, go on, what's what's going on? What's the, what, what emails particularly oh, caught your fancy? We've had loads. I mean, it's um, I guess it's sort of strictly a, a Men Carter um, situation. But oh, is this the one about the feet? Uh, this is the one about the German U-boat. Oh, but good. It's, but it's a fuck up, so it's not really a Men Carter. So you shouldn't really okay. respect this person. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Greetings once again from Kenya. Hello to uh, Alessio. Alessio from Alessio Kenya. Alessio from Kenya. Um, I recently finished uh, reading the excellent book Dead Wake, which Luke had mentioned in an early episode of the Luke oh, Picture. It's a fantastic read, isn't it? Uh, the description. Yes, it is, says the email. Uh, <laughs> the description in Dead Wake about the conditions aboard the U boat uh, back then remind me of a story involving another German U boat, this time from World War II, which ended up being scuttled during its maiden combat deployment due to the actions of its captain, the rather unfortunately named, given what actually transpired, Karl Adolf Schlitt who flushed the onboard toilet incorrectly. Schlitt. You should not be able to scupper a submarine. Listen. A U-boat. On a submarine, the toilet situation needs to be foolproof. There cannot be a wriggle room situation there where, oh, if you press the wrong button, it fires it back out. Yeah, Don't fires the torpedoes. Like what happened at Glastonbury in 1990, going to say 1998. Well, the toilet's flood. No, a guy, the guy famously in the dance tent pushed below on the... Shit sucker. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. I was there. I was, I was yeah, in the dance. Yeah, I was, I was there, there on that yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. We um, don't want that on a sub submarine, do you? Up, no. in, a, in a war on a war footing, so I you remember, can't even surface. I remember my dad uh, famously um, had plans for a warship that was like millions of pounds worth. It was this was worth millions of pounds, and he left it behind a toilet system in uh, on his boat on his ship. The, well, that's not too bad. Penelope. It's better than leaving it on like a. You know, the public the back a, of a train or something. Or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, while most Allied submarines used during World War II uh, employed simple waste management systems that involved sewage being pumped into holding tanks for later disposal, the Germans preferred to dump their waste overboard as frequently as possible in order to save on weight and space. Clever. Uh, this, however, had its dangers. The U-boats had to carry out this operation close to the surface due to low water pressure, uh, which of course made them vulnerable to discovery and subsequent attack. As the end of the war approached, German engineers had created a new high-tech toilet system that could dump waste overboard in deeper water. Advanced as it was, the toilet was extremely complicated. First, it directed human waste through a series of chambers to a pressurised airlock. The contraption then blasted the waste into the sea with compressed air. Right. A specialist, uh, a specialist on each uh, submarine received training on proper toilet operating procedures. A different uh, the, type of torpedo. Yeah, definitely. There was a specific order of opening and closing valves to ensure the system flowed in the correct direction. They shouldn't have to deal with this. On April 14th, 1945, a mere 24 days before the end of the war in Europe, Captain Schlitt and his submarine U-1206 were eight days in their first combat patrol of the war. The U-boat was lurking 200 feet beneath the surface of the North Sea when Captain Schlitt decided he could figure the toilet out himself. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> ever good would come from that. <laughs> I'll like, figure this out. In any film or book or TV show you've ever experienced, yeah. when someone says something like that, it never goes well. It's the arrogance of the captain, isn't it, really? I'm in Unfo- charge around here. Unfortunately, he was not properly trained as a toilet specialist. After calling an engineer to help, the engineer turned a wrong valve and accidentally unleashed a torrent of sewage and seawater back into the sub. This had the effect of flooding the submarine's massive batteries, which were rather unwisely situated under the toilet compartment, producing toxic chlorine gas that quickly filled the entire vessel. Captain Schlitt had no choice except to quickly surface by blowing the submarine's ballast tanks and firing off a few torpedoes to improve buoyancy as quick as possible. Blimey. This inevitably attracted the attention of the British patrol airplanes that promptly attacked the U-boat. With his vessel badly damaged, the captain ordered his crew to destroy secret equipment, scuttle submarine and abandon ship. One man died in the attack, three men drowned in the heavy seas after abandoning the vessel and 46 were captured including Captain Schlitt himself. The wreck of the U-1206, uh, sometimes uh, referred to as the shit-wrecked, 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 <laughs> uh, 
uh, was eventually <laughs> discovered in 1970. Captain uh, Karl Adolf Schlitt lived until 2009. His place in the history of submarine warfare forever secured. That's so it incredible. wasn't necessarily his fault. It was the engineer who'd sort of got involved. Do you know after, what I, after after party? Do you know what I'd have done in that situation if I was the captain and that mm. happened? I would have found five minutes somewhere. I know time was at a premium in that situation, yeah. and I'd set everyone down and said, "Right, let's get our story straight. What we're going to say happened here?" Because because <laughs> I've got a revolver, and you guys don't. It doesn't befit any of us. <laughs> Admittedly, least of all me as the captain. Yeah, the indignity of talking about what's actually happened. <laughs> so let's maybe say that I don't know. We discharged firearm yeah into that bang there you uh, go sure. done it now the, well just the battery's flooded the, the, it was, yeah. there, was a, there was a fuck up with the toilet there doesn't need to be any human interaction involved no I've shot the engineer he's dead <laughs> he's floating <laughs> in a tank somewhere uh, by my reckon, by, by my sort of uh, accurate sort of estimate they probably won't find this submarine until about 1970 so <laughs> don't worry about it yeah that is I mean that is unbelievable and, and the thing is when you read uh, the book that Alessio references there mm. Dead Wake that's about First World War submarines. Mm. And one thing you've quickly sort of realised when you read that book or any book about the, that era is how primitive the submarines were. I mean, mm. to the point of where when in, in that book, I believe, from memory, they fire a torpedo at one point and that means that a certain amount of the crew have to then move to that part of the ship. Because it'll tip. Yeah. And right. then after, and, and when they're turning, after it's it's incredibly Do they have to run primitive. as fast as a torpedo? No, I don't think so. Was it like one of those um, narco um, submarines? <laughs> oh, oh yeah. really shitty ones. Do you know the first um, <laughs> submarines were used in the American Civil War? I believe. Is that right? A, yeah, a lot yeah. of the a lot of the um, a lot of the tactics, certainly at the start of the First World War, were I think aped from the U.S. Civil War, which of course really was only about fifty years before mm. that, and the and the last big war mm. of that sort of size. And so um, I think a lot of the technologies and a lot of the stuff and a lot of the outlook was based on that. Was it? Um, why? Why did they need torpedoes in a land war? Submarines, up uh, river. What in the US? In the US Civil mm. War? Yeah, up the river, up the coast, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, because there's blockades and all that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. And Pete, I've got an email on a, on a completely different attack uh, from from Freddie, um, who who says the following: Hi, chaps. Uh, I briefly brought this up with Pete on Twitter. All right, sure enough. Right. Um, but thought I'd also send you an email in order to expand on the subject of Cosmo and Dibs. Oh, the puppet stop duo. Stop flicking tubs at the gas tank. <laughs> the puppet duo from former Charles TV series, uh, You and Me. Now, do you want to give people a quick price of what happened um, on this very show two, about Cosmo and Dibs? Cosmo and Dibs, two bears from the 80s kind of um, kids TV presenters, but they were like puppets, weren't they? Yeah, and, and then you... And I did an impression of one of them. Yeah. Sort of sound a bit like this... Oh, Cosmo, stop flicking tabs with the gas tank. Yeah. And then we went onto um, YouTube, didn't we, and checked out you and me. Um, and it didn't sound, neither of them sounded like that in any way. Allow Freddy Allow to take Freddy. up the story and perhaps even offer an explanation. Mm. On one of your recent shows, Pete performed a gravelly voiced impression of the character Cosmo, which you just heard there. Oh, uh, Cosmo. Only for Luke to later play a YouTube clip which seemed to suggest that the puppet in question actually sounded completely different. Mm. Unsurprisingly, Pete was distraught about this revelation, uh, revelation and the fact that his memory appeared to be failing him in wholly dramatic fashion. I mean, it is. <laughs> anyway. Um, however, having had to sit through countless episodes of Cosmo and Dibs during lessons about, uh, throughout prep school, I can confirm that Pete is not going mad and that there was at least a brief period where Cosmo sounded just like his impression. <laughs> and perhaps they might have changed the voice actors. Mm. I distinctly remember this due to one particular episode on the serious subject of grooming. In this episode, Cosmo and Dibs were approached by a suspiciously affable gentleman 
who proceeded to get very friendly with Dibs, laughing and joking with him, stroking his arm, and even placing a bow in his hair. <laughs> While Dibs seemed to enjoy the attention and played along, Cosmo was visibly uncomfortable with the situation, and when the man moved in to try the same tactics on her, she immediately erupted with the line, Don't touch me, I don't feel right. This reaction scared the man off so much um, until, sorry, this reaction scared the man off much to Dibs' anger until another man entered the scene to explain what had just occurred and reassure Cosmo that she had acted in exactly the right way as well as reassure Dibs that he had nothing to be ashamed about by being taken in by the stranger's advances. Round of applause for Cosmo and Dibs well done, there. Yeah. Um, takes a bit of a turn here. Needless to say, this episode became infamous in our school, particularly the line, don't touch me, I don't feel right, which for the next few months was repeated on frequent occasions by pupils in the same gravelly voice that Pete used. Pete, do you want to do it? <laughs> don't touch me, I don't feel right. She was a Johnny, wasn't she? I still see some of my friends from this era, and to this day, even a simple tap on the shoulder can be met with Cosmo's legendary words. Given the grief Luke gave Pete about his impression and how distressed the latter seemed, I thought it important to set the record straight. Yep. Freddie. Don't touch me, I don't feel right. Mm. That'll be the title. Find that for a jingle. What? <laughs> don't touch me, I don't feel right. <laughs> yeah. Get Excellent. off us. That's great stuff. That's exactly the sort of stuff we love on here. Get off us, Vicar. Um, I've, I've, I think, Pete, we've probably got time to squeeze one more in, and, it, and it's directly for you, so it's don't probably... Don't squeeze me, I don't feel right. Don't read me. Don't read me, I don't feel right. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not written right. <laughs> I'll, um, I've got an email here for you, so I'm going to okay. read it. It's right, from darling. Josh, and I've titled it, A Man Has Hit Rock Bottom, and so is asking Pete Donaldson for advice. Yeah. Um, Hello, guys, says Josh. Um, I have a question for Mr. Donaldson. I've recently become involved in university radio. Oh. And I booked him for my first ever interview with the band in December. Safe to say I'm shitting myself. Wow. So I'm writing to ask for advice on this subject from a consummate professional in the field of radio. Mm. Thanks, lads. Love the podcast. Um, Cheers, Josh. So Josh wants to know, Pete, for example, how you could make sure... You definitely hit the record button when you're interviewing one of the world's premier film composers. Yeah. For example. <laughs> for example. Well, I mean, what I would say is definitely kind of... Um, and I don't even need to introduce this man. It's Richard Ashcroft. That's one of my worst ones, so just watch that. <laughs> Um, could you? Would you perhaps license? You know that Michael Buffery does the boxing. Yeah, and he's copyrighted. Me, he's copyrighted. Let's get ready to rumble. Yeah, could you do copyright that with goodness, goodness me, me. and it's, license it's, that to Josh? It's become it's become somewhat of a um, chant for uh, on the emails. Some some people will get involved with the goodness me chat chant. So uh, yeah, goodness definitely. me, goodness me. Seriously, what advice would you give him? Relax, relax. Don't worry about it. Um, you'll Ask do, you'll do a million of these. Ask open questions. Have you interview people. What's your best advice? Um. <clears throat> I just I just look at other people's interviews. If they're if they're on an album tour, just Google um, their last interview where they've said what they think the album is about, and then just go, "This album's about this." And they go, "Oh, you're right. You're really insightful there." <laughs> and just copy what what he they've um, literally said themselves. What I would do is ask them a well thought out question about their life, given that they're the subject of the interview and mm. have actually done something interesting, mm. and then cut in and talk about my life. Yeah. That's you, what I you've do. been watching me. That's what I do. <laughs> no, also known as the Zane Lowe technique. <laughs> Zane Lowe went through a period of, of interviewing bands and saying, "Oh, what was it like when you first came to England?" Mm. And then going, "Oh, well," and he go and he cut and he go, "When I first came to England," and just tell a story about him. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah, I don't mind that. It's, it's supposed to be a conversation for crying out loud. Josh, be yourself. Unless you're a bell end, then, mm. then don't be yourself. Be someone else. Be, any, yeah, be, yeah, be literally anyone else. In mine, in Pete's case, do not be yourself Goodness under any me. circumstances. 
goodness me. Mm. Right, Pete, I think that's about time for, uh, to, to, to go, isn't it? That's probably all for this time around. I think so. Um, hello at lukeandpeacher.com to get in touch. We're pouring through your emails. We're getting through them as quick as we can, but we can always do with more. Uh, we'll be back next time. Say goodbye, Pete Donaldson. Bye-bye. That's goodbye from me too. Needed the radio staccano stab too early there. This was a Radio Staccano production. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The championship season is over, and what a season it was. But the best is yet to come. It's the playoffs. Who will make it to the Premier League? And who will be left heartbroken at Wembley? Stay across it all with the second tier. We're bringing you episodes after every leg. And in between, we're revisiting the greatest moments in playoff history. It's real conversation with two real championship obsessives. So you can be in the know about everything happening in the playoffs. And share all your new knowledge in the pub with your mates. So come join us. We're your one-stop shop for the playoffs. Search second tier in your podcast app. And hit subscribe. subscribe.